Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and... Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Don't be that person only whining about a bad beat here, a bad beat there. Realize when things fall your way. For instance, I was very lucky with Broncos-Eagles last Sunday, made for a very profitable weekend. Now I find myself looking over my shoulder all week. Welcome into Early Odds, another Saturday morning right here on Sports Radio 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski with you on the Radio.com app. We'll hear from game day's Chris Felica, the bear on college football. Pro better Simon Hunter on the NFL. Jim Miller with his Breeders' Cup picks. But first, let's keep it in-house. Game of the day under the lights, South Bend. Game day is going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. A lot of fun. Clemson against Notre Dame. And uh, I bet you didn't know that the managing editor of FightingIrishWire.com, working with USA Today, our very own Nick Shepkowski, the executive producer of the Danny Parkin Show, on Twitter by his name, at Nick Shepkowski. Shep, what's up, man? You've fired up for tonight? Have to be. I mean, biggest game at Notre Dame Stadium in 15 years, number one's in town, and the stars are kind of aligned. If not now, when's it going to happen for Brian Kelly and the Fighting Irish against the premier teams in college football? It should be a fun one this evening in what's been 
an interesting, odd, but still 6-0 and year so far for Notre Dame. No doubt. And both of these teams, Clemson and Notre Dame, very public. So the lines get inflated. And what's happening? These teams are not covering point spreads on a regular basis. Clemson 2-5 and five ATS, the Irish 2-4 and four against the spread. The line has been bouncing around between 5.5 and, and 5, a total of 50.5. So let's look at the Notre Dame side. Not necessarily for an outright upset in South Bend, which is just weird to say that they are a heavy underdog at home, but uh, that's the situation here. What's the path for a Notre Dame cover and or an upset here to take down Clemson today? What has to happen? A couple of things. You've seen if you've watched Notre Dame this year, the frustrating part with betting on Notre Dame, a lot this season has been they will dominate games. They'll dominate Nate, in terms of time of possession and ability to run the ball. And when you look back on a couple of their games, it happened last week against Georgia Tech. It has happened against Florida State this year. It wasn't going to get them a cover against Louisville, but it did happen against Louisville as well, where Notre Dame at the end of games, they just put together these six, seven-minute drives, and they don't finish them off. Instead, they take a knee inside the five-yard line, or they run four, four plays in a row right into the middle of the offensive line and get stopped at the goal line and as, as time expires but they're able to move the ball the length of the field and control the clock. They want to make it a shorter game against Clemson. Now, don't get me wrong. Clemson, you still have a great quarterback that will be playing, but you don't just replace Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's like saying going into an NFL game and the Chiefs playing without Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the game. He's the most important player in the league in all of college football. You don't just simply replace that. In first games on the road, it's going to be an advantage for Notre Dame there. What they need to have happen is early on, and it doesn't have to be 30-yard plays downfield. It doesn't have to be huge plays downfield. But Ian Book, in his worst games that he's had at Notre Dame, he's won a ton, won 26 games. He does things right. He could be the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history by the end of this year. But in the games he's lost against Clemson in the Cotton Bowl, against Michigan last year, against Georgia last year, in those three games, his completion percentage or his three worst completion percentages as a starting quarterback at Notre Dame. That has to improve. He has to show the ability to make a couple of plays down the field, not with his legs, but throwing the ball. And I think that that's going to be decided by a couple of tight ends, Tommy Tremble, Michael Mayer. If they're able to get a couple of receptions each early in this game, 10, 15-yard receptions, not even huge plays, but just show that ability, it's going to free up a running game. It's going to allow Notre Dame to control the clock. It's going to keep this thing very close, very interesting for the duration. I get what you're saying about Trevor Lawrence. Totally hear you. Best quarterback in the country, bar none. It's not even all that close. Like, we'll see. It'll be interesting how the Heisman voting goes. It's cute, like, reading and seeing some of the, oh, Justin Fields is knocking on the door of being the top quarterback. No. No, he's not. No, it's Trevor Lawrence. It's the Grand Canyon, and then it's anyone else you want to throw into that. He is the best quarterback prospect since at least Andrew Luck. I think he's a better NFL prospect than Andrew Luck was. I mean, I think you're bringing up the names of like Peyton Manning when you're talking about guys that have graded out this well for their collegiate careers headed into the NFL draft. 
Keep losing, Jets. Keep losing, and you might get them. <laughs> but but this DJ guy, man, we'll, we'll call him DJ. Yeah, we'll First call him name DJ. only on this show. <laughs> uh, the, the issues with Boston College were not because of the offense. That kid stepped in, and he fired everything 100 miles per hour. He's going to have to learn to get some touch on the ball. But his reads were very impressive, and that's no pushover in BC. They have a, they have a decent defense there. I, I was impressed with game one. Like, year two, he might be uh, – the favorite to win the Heisman in 2021 along with Mertz. Yeah, no, he's going to walk into next year and he's going to be walking in with a, a ton of talent, obviously around him and uh, definitely a place that you can succeed. It cleanse in there. I think the interesting part with this is that Boston college game. I don't, it was fluky that Boston college jumped out to that lead. You have, what might be the best running back in all of college football, what's seen as the highest uh, rated running back in terms of NFL draft boards for next spring in Travis Etienne in their running game. He doesn't fumble a ball going into the end zone and have it return 95 plus yards for a score last week. That changes the entire complexion of that game against Boston college. Instead it's Clemson being down 28 to 10, having to come back like they did and it was the defense that stepped up there in the second half. Offense obviously played better, too, when you put 24 points on the board. But pitching a shutout there in the second half was huge for Clemson as well. I'm curious about Clemson's defense in this one also, though, because we can sit and talk about Trevor Lawrence all day. And obviously, when you're talking about Clemson, you're talking about a team that they're always up there with Alabama, LSU, a couple of the others that you've grown used to, Ohio State on that list of being in the top four, top five recruiting class year after year after year. So depth isn't an issue for them, but when you're missing, you're starting with a linebacker, James Skalski, who's been a veteran and one of their leading tacklers the last few years. He's going to be out. Tyler Davis, their star defensive tackle, he was all ACC as a freshman last year. He's out for this game. Uh, defensive end Xavier Thomas, he's suspended for the first half of this game after getting ejected last week against Boston College. There's a lot of players on this of, okay, if there's a hit here or a hit there, yeah, Clemson's a, a program that's built to survive those, but there are a significant amount of losses for this Clemson team that defensively, I really don't see it being the dominant performance that Clemson had against Notre Dame back in the 2018 Cotton Bowl. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. You know the familiar voice. My guest is Nick Shepkowski, executive producer of Danny Parkett Show, but also the managing editor of FightingIrishWire.com. Notre Dame, 1-18 versus top five opponents since 2000. We're going to hear that a million times today under Brian Kelly. They are 0-5. Shep, I figured by now this line would be a touchdown, and maybe it'll get there before we kick off tonight but I have to lay the five with Clemson. What are you doing? I'm looking at it. If I have to have a play on this, I like the under right now, and I've seen this fluctuate a little bit. I think it opened around 52, 52 and a half. I've seen it as low as 50 and a half here recently. If I have to make a play, I think Notre Dame controls time of possession. That's not to say they finish drives. They haven't been great at that by any means this year, but I think they control time of possession. I think Notre Dame has a better defense in this game. So Clemson's going to have trouble scoring points. I like the under in this game of all things. If I'm betting on one thing, it's the under and maybe it's a little bit of homerism in me. If, I have to, if, if you're making me take a side, I'm taking Notre Dame getting points in this one. I think that the stars align for them to have their best chance at pulling one of these upsets. Now, will I say that they're for sure going to go out there and do it? Heck no. And Clemson's as talented, like I said, with, with their depth as anyone, 
but you're going to give me five points, five and a half points. You think that it might get all the way up to seven, then I'm going to take my chances and, uh, and take what you're giving me there with the Irish. Theme of the day for Notre Dame. If not now, when? If not now, when the hell is it going to happen? And this thing, you know, if we had a full crowd, different year, it's probably a three-point spread, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's changed. I think people that – if you went to Notre Dame games 15, heck, 10 years ago, it was a different environment. It was a lot of oh, yeah. the, hey, the things you hear about Michigan fans or Notre Dame fans. It's, okay, they pay a ton to get in, then they sit on their hands the entire time, and it's not a loud environment. They throw the jumbotron in the, in the south end zone at Notre Dame Stadium. They kick in music instead of just having the band play the entire time. It's a different environment. It's a different animal playing there. And it gets, it, it's been complimented a lot so far early on this season with the smaller crowds, but it's not the same. You're right. It, it's a harder place to play, but in 2020, it's a much different place to play than it has been here the last few years. Shep, I want to hit on some NFL plays coming up in a couple of minutes, but we've got a lot of other games today. Even though there were a bunch of cancellations, we had Maction the other night. They're back in the mix. We're going to have late-night football. That's going to be fun. Pac-12 after dark. There's a Hawaii game going on. But uh, one that really jumps out to me, because I can't wait to see the results. I'm not saying I have a strong play on this game, but Michigan-Indiana. Michigan loses outright as a 25-point favorite against Mel Tucker and Michigan State last week when people were saying, hey, maybe Sparty is going to be the worst team in the conference. They lose outright to them. Now they've got Indiana, the pro- a program on the rise, sitting at 2-0. and Indiana has an opportunity to take down Penn State and Michigan in the first three weeks. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it feels like, I don't know if you played NCAA football for PlayStation or Xbox back in the day, but when you do a dynasty and you get that weird team that's ranked in the top 10, top 15, you're like, what in the hell, Vanderbilt football? What what weird video game is it? It feels that way with Indiana. They've never been good my entire life. They're sitting 13th ranked in the country right now. And, I mean, that dramatic win over Penn State, I still don't know if the ball ever actually crossed the goal line or got to the goal line before Neil was down but so be it the officials called that the way they did i michigan's an interesting one because if wisconsin's able to uh get the coronavirus under control by next week this is a must win of must wins for jim harbaugh in michigan Mm -hmm. that loss against michigan state obviously was not anticipated but you lose this game against indiana you have wisconsin and a wisconsin team that can throw the ball around the yard and still great at running it you lose this game against Indiana, you're staring one and three in the face next week. And then you still have Ohio State to come this season. I, you're looking at a start for Michigan that I, this could be wheels off disastrous if they don't win. I tend to like the desperate team in this situation. But I, Indiana, a chance to go 3-0 and with wins over Penn State and, and Michigan to start a year would obviously be huge for that program. But I, Maybe I'm buying in a little bit too much to just the tradition and the history of Michigan and the hype that surrounds it. I think you finally get a good showing, though. I think you get a strong showing in what is a must-win of must-wins for the Wolverines. Agree with you on the Wolverines there in this specific spot. Any other games that you are quite intrigued by or you have a strong opinion on? 
what's interesting to me is the matchup that's going on. We can't call it the uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party anymore because apparently you're not supposed to ad- admit the fact that college students might participate in drinking alcohol. So, oh, I'm not. The, I've said it yeah. 50 times this week on Betsweats. <laughs> yeah, I, you're, I think it's just the uh, Florida Georgia line or whatever the heck they call it now. That's a band. But that's it's a bad band <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> That one's interesting to me just because the, the teams are built so much differently. If you watch SEC football, if you're familiar at all with Kirby Smart and what Georgia does, they're built on great defense. And their offense, this was supposed to be the year that it changed and it got to look more like a 2020 type of offense. Like you've seen the SEC with LSU last year, if you've seen Alabama transition to. And when you look at Georgia, okay, they lit up the scoreboard in the first half against an Auburn team about a month ago, but you're coming off a game where – put a glass eye to sleep when they beat Kentucky 14 to three uh, a few weeks ago, they're built on defense and Florida's built solely on offense. Their offense is outstanding. Uh, a couple of fun players to watch there. Kyle Trask emerging as one of the best quarterbacks in the country, not on a Trevor Lawrence level, but still at a very high level there. It's just uh, complete opposites. I think in that game is what makes that very interesting team built solely on defense against a team built solely on offense. I tend to like the defense usually in those situations, even with as much as football and college football has changed. So I like Georgia there, even if they are laying three, I do like that. And I do like it when to stay under 52 and a half that uh, the last that I saw that. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, the score on this Saturday morning. Nick Shepkowski, my guest at Nick Shepkowski, executive producer, Danny Parkins Show, managing editor of FightingIrishWire.com. Shep, let's move to the NFL. Let's talk about the team that we discussed ad nauseum all week right here on 670, the score. Uh, battle of two teams viewed as fraudulent, and I would 100% agree with that idea. The Bears 5-3, and three, the Titans 5-2. and two. This point spread is up to six and a half. Tennessee favored by six and a half. A total of 47 and a half. Both teams coming off back-to-back losses. It feels like a lot of points, and it keeps ticking up because of all the offensive line injuries that the Bears are dealing with, and we'll find out 90 minutes before kickoff what the real deal is here. But we're, we're down to second and third stringers here with this Bears offensive line but the thing is the titans don't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback they're arguably the worst in the nfl at it i keep going back to this well if i'm making a play in this game it's pretty simple we've got a workhorse in derrick henry he doesn't get hurt he's on the field all the time he'll bulldoze and for a long time now and it continues and we saw it on display again last week the bears are dead last in the nfl an explosive run rate on defense. Great pass defense, terrible run defense. I'm going over Henry, 94 and a half rushing yards. That feels like a two-foot butt, so maybe we get ourselves in trouble on that one. Yeah, yeah the Bears' run defense is one of the greatest greatest myths, I think, in all of the NFL right now. You hear, oh, Bears, you think a great defense. They're great against the pass, and it pays to be great against the pass right now. It's why they're 5-3. and 5-3 three. and three, it doesn't feel authentic by any means, but – That's the reason why, because they can stop the pass. They can't stop the run, and it's not necessarily good or great running backs that have done it against them. Hell, Adrian Peterson looked like he was 26 again in week one for large parts against this defense. I like Derrick Henry to run for a ton of yards in this one. I'm very curious what the inactives are going to be when they're released on Sunday morning in, in this case. How do the Bears score points in it? I know Tennessee's defense is nothing special, no great shakes, and they struggle getting after a quarterback. 
It doesn't matter what you throw out there when you're going to be playing against an offensive line made up of practice squad guys for the most part. Like, I don't see where you all of a sudden, oh, yep, they're playing against a bad defensive front that doesn't get after QB. Like, you're trotting a bunch of bums out there on Sunday afternoon against this team. Like, and Nick Foles is a guy that we've seen it in broadcasts. Heck, last week he had to have his tackles telling him the play clock's winding down. He had to have, I mean, Troy Aikman pretty much put it out there to air for the world that, oh, yeah, the play calls are too long, and that's why the Bears can't get snaps off, and they're fighting against the play clock. Like, this offense has such just ridiculous issues with it. Like, I can't look at the Titans and be like, yep, this is a Bears team that's going to expose that. I have no faith in the Bears to score a whole heck of a lot of points in this one whatsoever. If, if I'm making a play, I guess, in terms of the sides, I, I, I take Tennessee even as that number grows and the public money comes in on them. Shep, I loved the NFL card last week. There were so many different sides I liked, and I talked about that mm-hmm. on the show. I look at this card, I'm like, oh, man, this is tough. These lines are getting super, super sharp. Not a lot of stuff that I like, but here's one that did jump out to me. We got the Denver Broncos, their fourth quarter comeback against the Chargers last week. They're a sub-500 team with a 3-4 and four record, but they've been covering a lot of point spreads. They are 5-2 and two ATS. And they're going to Atlanta. Extra rest off the Thursday game for the Falcons. They're going on a bye after this. They've won two of three. Are you serious? The Atlanta Falcons are favored by more than a field goal against a professional team. I think that's ridiculous. When I see the Falcons are minus four, especially with that pass defense giving up 311 passing yards per game, maybe the Broncos can put up enough points to keep this thing close. There's no way you can lay it with the Falcons. Give me the Broncos. They have a pretty solid defense, top 10 in the league with Fangio there. Give me the Broncos getting four points at Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta, okay, you fire a head coach and you get a little bit of a bump in terms of finishing games, but you trust anything you see with Atlanta, a defense that can't hold on to leads. I mean, even if they did win against Carolina last week, they tried like all hell on that Thursday night to give that game away as well in that one. I think Denver is a – that's an interesting team that they're not good, but I don't think no. they're truly awful. Going on the road is an interesting part of that in a, in a, in a strange year of 2020, kind of like we talked about there. I think I side with you there on Denver just because I don't trust Atlanta. Maybe it's not as much of just having faith in Denver as much as it, as it is of really disliking that Atlanta team. But I, I would go with you on the same side there. If I'm looking at one NFL game, and you're right, this week is just – am I supposed to get excited about, like, Pittsburgh laying a ton of a ton of points at Dallas? Like, there's been no number big enough against Dallas so far this year. But two touchdowns, like, does that strike your fancy? Does that strike your interest whatsoever? If I'm liking one game – and this has been a confusing team so far this year. I mean, they're only 4-3 and three against the spread – this season, but they sit at five and two. And at times their defense looks like it's as good as there is in the entire league. The Colts playing at home against Baltimore Colts, it's a defense that I really like one. We saw it firsthand here at soldier field a month or so ago, but on top of that, you're a Baltimore team that injuries are piling up. You had the retirement of the, uh, the offensive guard from the offensive line earlier this year. Ronnie Stanley busts up his ankle against the Steelers last week. He's done for the year, and you're factoring in going on the road, playing a, a team with a very strong defense. You know, it's only, what, down to one and a half, two one points half. or so on that spread. Yeah, is what I've seen. I like the Colts to win that game outright. I, I like what Indy has going for them in terms of, of both health playing on their home field and a defense that I think matches up very well with what Baltimore has to offer. 
I'll tell you what, Shep. I, I lean to the Ravens there. I understand where you're coming from. It's probably the best game of the day. Can't wait to watch it. We're going to find something out about the Colts. Like the metrics say they have a great defense. Well, let's see. Their wins <clears> so far are against the Lions, Bengals, and they beat Bears, the five win Bears, and Vikings. Yeah, they beat a bunch of bad teams so far. Okay, go beat a good one. Same thing for Lamar Jackson, too, by the way. Go beat a good team because every time I see you in a big spot against a good team like we did last week against the Steelers, uh, he's a no-show. I liked what uh, Mike Tomlin said. It was right after the game or this week of, oh, we respect the hell out of Lamar Jackson. We like watching him, and we are not at all fearful of him whatsoever as he's thrown, I think, four interceptions in two career games against Pittsburgh now. You're right. He – he beats up a bunch of bums, and then the Tennessee Titans come to town in the in the divisional round of the playoffs, and he looks pedestrian. Yeah, looking forward to that matchup. Here's something I like. Uh, teasers have been very popular this year, actually the past few years, and the reason is they're hitting at a high clip here. And I think there's a, there's a decent opportunity here with a teaser that I'm going to throw your way right now. Both of these games are actually gross. So you might not want to watch it. You might want to bet it and then just not watch it. Uh, Giants. Against the football team. Oh, Washington, Washington is favored by two and a half, and it's a total of 42 and a half. So it's a low total. And the Giants, they just play teams close. We saw it on Monday night against the Bucks. Their last five games have all been one-score games. So you can take the Giants and tease them from two and a half all the way up to eight and a half in a low total game. Since they usually keep it close, I've got some faith there that it, it, this will be at least a one-score game even if the football team ends up winning. And then Monday night, if you want to watch Patriots Jets, <laughs> well, you got to bet on it, man. Like I know some people are taking the Patriots and survivor pools, which there's a little risk involved there, but you're going to have to bet on this if you do want to watch it. Uh, I, I think that the Patriots as a tease is not a bad option. Another low total game. It's only 42, so not a lot of points expected to be scored here. But you can tease the Patriots through the seven, through the three, from seven and a half, down to one and a half against the worst team in the NFL, the worst offense in the NFL. It's mm-hmm. come on, Belichick against Gase. They're at least going to win and cover the one and a half. So I think a Giants and Patriots teaser should work. Yeah, I I like where your head's at on that one. I Washington. I mean, I thought that Washington was like, okay, this defense. Maybe it's a team that might surprise some folks after what they did in Week you One. A good it's, it feels like it's forever ago because that offense is just – it seems like it gets worse and worse by the week. And the Giants, you're right, they play everyone closely for whatever reason. They're at least compelling games, not that they end up on the right side of them. So, yeah, teasing them up to getting more than a touchdown, I do like that idea. And you're right about New England. I mean, based <laughs> off of head coaches alone, then you just look at the roster. How are the Jets going to score points? I guess what I've been trying to go about in my thought process of betting more this year of, okay, where are the obvious teams that are going to struggle and struggle mightily to put points on the board? And you kind of identify them. Hey, the Bears are one of them um, locally. But the Jets are obviously the, the, the prime of those teams. How are they going to score points? New England has had their struggles, no doubt about it. It's not your typical Belichick type team. Cam Newton, you're seeing why he was so readily available to so many squads and so many people said thanks, but no thanks on all of this. But at some point, like the Patriot way has to kind of kick in here. And a Patriot way doesn't include losing to a team that's winless, especially if they're a division rival that has had the crap kicked out of them by the Patriots for the last 20 years. Yeah, it's 
a point and a half, two and a half, whatever you tease it down to. Um, I, I think that that's pretty safe with, with New England in that case. Yeah, you got to win there. Uh, some leans. I mentioned the Ravens. You like the Colts. The Bills are in an interesting spot. The offense has to get right when you face the Seattle Seahawks, giving up 359 passing yards per game. By far the most in the NFL. Seahawks just had a couple division games. They have two more coming up next. West Coast to East Coast, early time slot. Like There's a lot of things going against the Seahawks, so I think the Bills are an interesting possibility there. I lean there, and I guess... Jake Luton is the quarterback of the Jaguars. Is that going to happen if they still play this game? Texans are favored by seven. You still have Deshaun Watson against Jake Luton. Maybe we don't have to think about this one too hard, and the Jaguars can't stop anybody. So I've got to lean on the Texans too. Anything else that interests you? I mean, God bless you for uh, putting thought (laughs) in. I mean, it's it's a money-making opportunity, so it's worth examining. But uh, I'm glad that you did that work on on the Jacksonville matchup there with Houston. That will not be anywhere near my television (laughs) on Sunday afternoon. Now, I didn't really have a feel on the Jacksonville game. Uh, I think when you look at those two teams, I know I've said under way too many times during our little conversation here today, but that game screams of an under – and I'm curious with Minnesota. I think that's around four is the last place that I've seen it. And a lot of money seems to be coming in on Minnesota. But they're a different team when Delvin Cook's there. It's plain and simple as that. And they get the huge road win last week. They've played better the last couple of weeks when he's come back from injury. And Detroit is just Detroit at the end of the day. I don't trust them to do anything. I have a slight lean on Minnesota in that one to cover the four, even as that uh, number's grown a bit since the start of the week. Bears get Delvin Cook next week. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, back-to-back weeks against that run defense. Could be tough sledding here before we get to the bye. Shep, last order of business. Okay. How would you power rank the Danny Parkins co-hosts, all 86 of them that you've seen over the last month or so? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All right, all of them. Holy, I have to remember all of them first. That's kind of what it has to be. Let me get my notes out here. Okay. We'll do that that next time. We'll, We'll do that. By that point, we'll be at 106, and uh, then we can power rank all of them. That will be a show in itself. Nick Shepkowski at Nick Shepkowski on Twitter. Shep, some good stuff on Notre Dame and the NFL plays. Appreciate you jumping on this morning. Anytime. Thanks, Joe. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski continues with NFL picks from professional better Simon Hunter and college football picks from game day's Chris Felica on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hope you're enjoying the start to your weekend. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday morning, Sports Radio 670. The score. We'll get to Chris Felica from ESPN in just a moment on his college football takes. Uh, but yesterday on my weekday show, Bet Sweat, subscribe to the podcast. We asked pro better Simon Hunter about his top NFL plays of the weekend. I'm coming into the week. Uh, I knew people were going to be really high on the Giants just because of recency bias. They, they played great against the Buccaneers. And as Daniel Jones just plays half as smart as the way he's playing now. The Giants have a couple games this year they would have won. And their defense has really been stepping up for them. And Daniel Jones just consistently lets them down. So when I'm looking at this game, the number opened at three and a half. I had it at four for Washington. Now it's all the way down to two and a half. In a divisional game, a team off a bye week playing against a team on a shortened week, yeah, the Giants might come out and they might get early points here because Washington will be flat. But I think by the end of the game, they're going to cover this number easily, the two and a half. I I really like Washington this week in this matchup. Uh, I noticed that you really like some of the better games that we're going to see on Sunday, and one of them is this matchup of five and two teams between the Ravens and the Colts. Uh, Baltimore is now favored by one and a half on points bet. 100% playing on fire here because last week I loved the Colts. We talked about it here on the show. That that was felt like such an easy play with them minus two and a half. And I said I liked it up to three. And this was another one where I loved the Colts at three. I still like it at plus one and a half because in my mind, I think people don't understand. Like, I, we all love Lamar. He's one of the most electrifying players to watch in football. But now you're telling me this guy's down from a top five offensive line last year to this this now, this offensive line. I got them graded out as a 26th offensive line with all the injuries they've had. So I'm looking at a game that's got a low total. I think it's, it's like 48, 47, uh, which to the public's going to feel like an easy over. And to me, it feels like, okay, I think Biggs is telling me here, this is going to be a defensive battle. And the Colts, I really trust their defense. I just love the way their D-line is playing. Their linebacking core is so solid. In my mind, I like this number. I think Rivers, I know he's got a noodle arm. He hasn't looked great. But he's just playing smart this year. And the way they're scheming that offense, they're not asking him to do too much. You can scheme well against this Baltimore defense that, I'm not going to need a lot from Rivers, and I think that as long as it stays at a plus number, I'm taking a money line on the Colts. I'm getting a plus number. I think all the value is still on the Colts. Probably the game of the day. Everybody be watching Sunday Night Football, Saints, Bucks. Yeah. Once again, we're we're talking about a team in New Orleans that just hasn't looked good, and. They've just not been covering. They've been squeaking out wins by three points. or They're, they're not getting lucky. I don't want to phrase it that way because I do think Sean Payton is just a great offensive mind. But we all know we're watching these games of Breeze, and it's just too much reliance on Kamara making big plays for him on these underneath passes. And I feel so comfortable with what I've seen from the Buccaneers. I know last week that was a big letdown game for them. But everyone saw that coming. They played two weeks of flawless football, and they were on the road again playing the Giants team that people didn't believe in. That was just a bad, bad position for the Buccaneers, where this week they're coming home against New Orleans, who they've already lost to start the year. And Brady in prime time against a divisional opponent, it's paid out 
so well over the years. And I know people don't want to use too much with the New England stuff, but with Brady, I feel like you can because he's just the ultimate competitor. And in these primetime games, I love it. I love that they played like crap last week. They're going to have a great week of practice. We still don't know what's going with the Saints. I mean, the Michael Thomas stuff is just really, really making me worried. I, I don't know what is going on there because they're not really releasing information, but they keep saying it's an injury. I think it's still a discipline thing. So I'm yeah. happy to take the Buccaneers four and a half. Well, I'd take them up to six here. So I, I might be falling into a public trap here with everyone else because everyone's going to have this game teased and parlayed in their picks, but I love the Buccaneers Sunday night. Any totals you like this week that you're really into? I've been having fun coming on here and giving people good sweat bets on bet sweats. So <laughs> last week, that under I gave out the Chiefs, that was the sweat of sweats. And this week, I'm going to do another under. That's going to be a sweat, but I think you're getting good value on the number. And it's the Arizona-Miami game. They got it at 49 and a half. We're talking about an Arizona team that hasn't run the ball well all year. And they're going to have to pass against, in my opinion, a top three pass defense in Miami. So I see a lot of Stifle drives three and outs for the Cardinals. And on the other side with Tua, we don't really know what we have with Tua yet. I still don't know what kind of offense they're going to run around them. Um, from everything I see, they're just going to be really simple with them, eat the clock up, have long drives, and just really rely on the defense still. So to me, I have this game at 46 and a half. So I think I'm getting three points of value. I'm, I'm really happy to take the under here at 49 and a half in this Arizona game. Professional sports better Simon Hunter. And if you want to hear the entire conversation we had with Simon on my show, Bet Sweats, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, to the podcatcher of your choice. Also on Bet Sweats this week, the Bear, Chris Felica, on the big college football games of the day, starting with Notre Dame and Clemson. I like Clemson. Um, I, I, I think there is a big talent gap between these two teams. Uh, I know people are concerned about Trevor Lawrence not playing, and obviously there's a there's a drop off from Trevor Lawrence to to the backup quarterback. But at the same time, Clemson's issues last week were defensive issues in the first half, where where Djokovic and, and Bailey were able to hit some big plays. They averaged like seven and a half yards of play. But in the second half, Venables and the guys got to figure it out. And, and if Etienne didn't fed and have that fumble exchange on the goal line, that was a 14 point swing. That game probably would have not been as close as it wound up being. I just don't think Notre Dame has the offensive personnel to be able to really test Clemson where they are the weakest, and that's maybe in the secondary. I don't think those receivers can win one-on-one battles, and and, and I think Brett Venables probably feels pretty comfortable in him uh, in his scheme and probably leaving those guys out one-on-one and focusing on uh, the interior running game and the shorter passing game that, that Ian Book is, is a lot better at. I don't think they're going to have Skalski and Tyler Davis. So that, that's a big, a big loss, but I do think there's still a big talent gap between Clemson and Notre Dame. I, I think offensively without Lawrence, uh, I think you're going to see them continue to do what they've done in recent weeks. And that's use Travis Etienne in the passing game. Uh, get, get him out in space. I think he had like seven or eight catches last week. He had a big game uh, receiving against Miami, a big game receiving against Virginia. So I think they'll continue to use him. And I don't buy I – mean, I get the narrative out there that Clemson, the game, ultimately doesn't matter because they can lose in South Bend without Trevor Lawrence, uh, win out, win the ACC championship game, potentially a rematch uh, against the Irish and get to the playoff. But 
But I have a little bit of a different take. I do think it matters because you want to stay number one. We saw what happened last year with Clemson. Dabo Sweeney made a big deal of it on Selection Day last year about number one falling to, to where they did. You don't want to have to play Alabama or Ohio State in the semifinal. And that's what two or three is going to have to do. Uh, you want to be number one. It's going to be a drop-off from number three to number four. So if he's Clemson well to, to go out and win this game, finish undefeated, be number one, avoid that tough semifinal game, and play the team that survives in the championship game. Because so the road of playing Alabama-Clemson in the semi and then the, the other team who is number one in the final, that's a heck of a lot harder to win a national title doing it that way, as Clemson found out last year when they had to play Ohio State in that great semifinal game and LSU in the national championship game. No doubt. Now, listen, let's go over to the other uh, Saturday game here. And let Grab your cocktail there. Eli likes a little, uh, you know, peach schnapps with uh, some Burnett's, uh, you know, flavored vodka. I know you guys are at Clemson, Notre Dame, but if you were at, what kind of cocktail are you putting together for this late game here with Georgia, Florida here? Georgia uh, laying minus three. This is down from six. Uh, you know, there was some six early in the week. There was some four and a half all the way down to three. Stetson Bennett. Little bit of, you know, people are asking questions. They barely had him throw the ball against Kentucky here. What do you like with the dogs, the Gators, biggest outdoor cocktail party? Uh, and tell me what you're drinking with it, along with the side. I'd start off probably with a little uh, a black cherry rum and Coke uh, oh, to, to, okay. to kick it off during the day. Oh. And, then, uh, and, and, then, and then at the end of the night, I'd probably go with the a little uh, the cherry liqueur that I brought back from Portugal a couple of years ago. Get myself a little chocolate, a little chocolate shaped shot glass, and put the cherry liqueur in there. Kind of melts it down nice. Uh, it, it, it's really, really good. I, I, I suggest if you guys haven't been to, been to been to Portugal, you should get over there at some point once uh, all these travel bans are lifted. Bring bring yourself back some uh, cherry liqueur from Portugal and. You, get, you go over there, you go around, you can taste it, and they give you, they serve it in a little, like, chocolate cup. So basically, it's like a chocolate-covered cherry, but with a, a little bit more potency in the, uh, the cherry flavor. It's great stuff. Good little quick sipping beverage. But on the field, I like Georgia here. I, I know it's a contrarian side, and I know a lot of people like Florida and think this is the year that the Gators get that win, and maybe that's the case. Maybe Stetson Bennett struggles at quarterback the last couple of weeks. Throwing five picks will be a little bit of foreshadowing, but he's going to get George Pickens back this week. And that Florida defense is the worst Florida defense I've seen in a while. I don't like their secondary at all. I think there are plays to be had by Pickens in the passing game. The best unit on the field is still the Georgia defense. The last three years, the Gators have averaged under 14 points against Georgia. Four of their 31 drives have reached the red zone, and they've been outgained by 140 yards a game. So I like Georgia here until proven otherwise. Uh, the Bulldogs are the team to beat in the SEC East. That's game day's Chris Felica on my radio.com podcast, Bet Sweats. Please subscribe. Up next, we'll hit the Breeders' Cup with our buddy Jim Miller. Thank you for listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the radio.com app. All right, we've got you covered so far with the NFL and college football action today on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. And as we do every single week around this time, we bring in Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Big day, day two of two over at the Breeders' Cup. And Jim, I know you guys are open right now. 
That's right. We're open right now, Joe. Race into Keeneland started at 9.15 a.m., so there's a lot of action that's going to take place. There are five Breeders' Cup races that took place on Friday, nine of them today. And I'll tell you, it's the best horses that are in the world. They're all coming together in one spot. All the different categories, you're going to have a great day for racing overall. And there's some value here, Joe, for the fact that you have a lot of horses that are stakes winners and multiple stakes winners throughout the course of their career. They're going to be 10, 15, 20, 30 to 1 only because there's so many good horses all in one place and one time going for huge purses. All right. With these nine races, I know you have three picks. Let's go yep. over them. All right. Let's go over three picks. The first one is, is your bomber selection of the day. If this horse hits, then you're good for the entire day. It comes in race number six, the three horse silver dust. Bet this horse across the board, 30 to one in the morning line. I think the horse will probably go about 50 to one, but there's going to be a ton of pace. This horse should come closing into. So the three horse in the race six, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, Silver Dust. Then move to race 10. This is the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Go to the five horse, Swiss Skydiver. She's the one that beat the boys in the Preakness. So we know something about her. Bet her just to win. She should get good stalking speed there. Should be right there behind this horses who are setting the pace and should come rolling late. And then race number 12, the Breeders' Cup Classic. Everybody's going to focus on the three-year-old horses. I think you look to the older horse in here, the seven-year-old, the four, Tom's the tot. Bet this horse across the board as well. Six to one in the morning line. Again, should get a very good trip. And I think those three-year-olds may be a little bit tired going through the Triple Crown Trail. I think this is a horse that just gets an awesome trip in the Classic. Okay, race six, the three-horse silver dust across the board. That's your long shot. Race 10, the five-horse Swiss Skydiver. And race 12, uh, the six-to-one horse. Uh, which, which number horse is Yeah, that's the four-horse the four Tom's the Tot. Okay, Tom's the Tot. Okay, we're all covered for the Breeders' Cup today with three selections there from Jim Miller. Jim, we do this every week, and uh, we yes. always have a points betting pick on the Bears game. So it's the Bears and the Titans, Bears heavy underdogs, nearly a touchdown, and we're doing well lately. Doing well. A couple weeks ago, Monday Night Football, when it was the Bears and the Rams, we did Henderson with yep. more rushing yards than Montgomery. We ended up hitting 19X on that one. And all the Saints receivers out last week, I said, let's go over on the receiving yards for <laughs> oh Elvin Kamara. It was a great hit at 36X. But, Jim, I thought we were going to get like 50 or 75X after that first half. It was fun. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's <laughs> catching balls left and right and, and running in open field. But he, he was absolutely incredible last week. Who do you have this week? I'm so curious to hear this. All right, so it's wash, rinse, and repeat, right, with the Bears and the lack of run defense, great against the pass, but they really have issues against the run. They are dead last in the NFL, an explosive run rate. And here comes Derrick Henry. The prop is set at 94 and a half. I really, really like that. The challenging part is, you know, it's never easy to win money. So with points betting, they put it at over 109. So they're smart. They put it at a number that's really high. And most people are going to look at that and say, oh, you know what? That's just too high. I need everything to go right. I don't know about that, Jim, because Henry has gone over 109 four times this season in seven games. Remember a few weeks ago, he had 212 against right. Houston, another poor uh, run defense. He scored eight touchdowns the last five games, but I'm still confident he's going to get enough touches here that he's going to go over 109. So that's my prop here. Well, and think about it, Joe, because all right, the Bears have a ton of linemen that are out. So you could be looking at a whole lot of three and outs for the Bears, which means you're going to have the Bears defense on the field a lot. The run game is going to beat them down. 
And I think the Bears are going to be chasing quite a bit in this game. To me, it seems like Derrick Henry could be at, say, north of 75 yards by the end of the first half. And then it's just gravy through there. But I, I think it's an exceptional play, even at 109. Yeah, and if they're up by a couple of scores in the second half, they're going to grind that clock and uh, let Henry uh, keep moving those chains. Uh, So that's what I'm banking on there. I'm going with Henry at over 109 as far as the points betting available on the points bet app. Anything you like in the NFL, Jim? You you got in trouble last week there. The Bills, they weren't even able to cover the spread against the Patriots. Come on. How do you not do that? It was three and a half when I was playing it. It ended up at three. So it was just so... They, they did, and they, and they hooked me, and you, and you know what? It's going to happen that way. I guess here's the biggest question that I'm curious to see. All right, you, you look at the Saints, and you talk about the questions with what's going on with Drew Brees. He all of a sudden is having some issues, sits out a couple of practices. They said, okay, Wednesday was normal that he was going to sit out. Now, Thursday maybe wasn't normal that he was, he was going to sit out or have limited practice. I'm going to look and see what his passing yards are for the game and play the under only for the fact that you're going to look at Taysom Hill possibly carrying the ball. You may look at Taysom Hill possibly playing some quarterback, or you may look at a game of, of grinder with Murray and Kamara. So that's the route I'm going the under on the yardage for true breeze and see if he's sitting there. Even if he's saying, saying around say 200, 210 yards, I still think it's going to be well under bucks defense. Number one DVOA number one pass defensive DVOA, like the numbers really back you up. Everyone wants to talk about Tom Brady and some of the explosive players on that Bucks offense, but the defense is phenomenal. And so uh, we had the Bucks favored by four and a half. So I'm going to take a look at that. I'm, I'm going to look at that number on points betting. So uh, maybe, maybe something worth considering. He cannot push the ball down the field. I know some right. people that haven't watched Saints game didn't even realize that until they played the Bears last week. Like, yeah. Yeah, he can't push the ball down the field at all, and that's why they bring in Taysom Hill from time to time when they're looking for some deep shots. And who knows? He still might not have Michael Thomas. The coaches are right. saying why he hasn't been playing. So, uh, yeah, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries as well. Uh, Jim, best of luck today at the Breeders' Cup. Have fun over at Hawthorne, and we'll do this again next week. All right, you got it. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. That's a show. That's a show. Jim Miller, ESPN's Chris Felica, pro better Simon Hunter, and Shep, my guy Shep. Thank you, uh, all of you, for joining me this Saturday morning right here on Early Odds. Keep it here for Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. Have fun betting the football, the horse racing, and whatever else. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Best of luck, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law